What's up, Reboots Nation? You looking for something to do Memorial Day weekend? Looking for a vacation spot this summer? In this Reboots Extra, we got an idea or 10 for you. Hang on. It's an extra special edition of the Reboots Podcast on this May 17th, 2019. Hey there, you're dialed into Reboots, featuring stories about people who have been forced to start over in life or in business, all walks of life, anonymous or named, high profile or low down, stories with heart, soul, and grit. Because knowing and sharing our stories is essential for living a life of joy, experiencing healthy relationships, and impacting the world around us in a positive way. Here's your host, Tracy Winchell. So, a couple of weeks ago, my mom and I stayed at the Wanderoo Lodge in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. We were in town for a wedding, um, and we wanted to take Mr. Winchester, our 13-year-old Shih Tzu. He just seems to do better these days when he's hanging around us, and frankly, we miss him when we're gone. So we found the Wanderoo Lodge, and um, it was spectacular. And before I even left, as as we were checking out, um, I left word that I really wanted to interview the owner of the Wanderoo Lodge because Tim Freeman owns the property that 90 years ago his great-great-grandparents founded in like 1929. In fact, June 22nd is the birthday of what was originally uh, the the Joy Lodge. And it's a fascinating study, if you will, uh, about how leisure has changed in the United States since the 20s with the advent of transportation and how People want to return to that lodge feel instead of the the uh, motor court thing. We talked to Tim about how he's creating an Instagrammable getaway. Uh, what is a Wanderoo? What's a Wanderoober? And uh, what it's like to rebrand a 90-year-old lodging property while paying homage to the family tradition of the Joy Campground founded in the late 20s. What a reboots story, and what an incredible idea if you're looking for a cool vacation spot this summer. I cannot recommend Eureka Springs enough, so I'm going to shut up and get to the interview that I did with, uh, with Tim Freeman um, the last 10 days or so. Right up front, there is no compensation as part of this. Uh, on the front end or the back end, I don't expect anything out of it. I'm just fascinated by how Tim is transforming a campground and motor lodge from, I guess, the 20s. It was founded by his great-grandparents into something relevant here in 2019. So, Tim, welcome. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing great, Tracy. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Well, thank you for having us uh, at at uh, the Wanderoo last weekend. Uh, I, I am. I'm totally impressed at how pet friendly 
and human friendly the place is. Everything's just laid back and, and, and there was such a variety of human beings there. Lots of bikers, lots of young people, um, a whole lot of animals. Um, man, it was just, it was just so much fun. Live music, great food. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm really glad, Tell to me a little bit of- glad, glad to hear that you enjoyed it. Thank you for staying with us. We yeah. did. So before we get started into the history, just tell our listeners what Wanderoo is like um, this weekend, uh, the first weekend in May. What y'all doing and, and what kind of services do you provide? What's the vibe going on there, my brother? Sure. So Eureka Springs is a, uh, a tourist town in northwest Arkansas, set in the Ozark Mountains. It's absolutely gorgeous here. Um, outdoors, we have uh, rivers. We have the Kings River. It's a naturally flowing river. It's about 15, 20 minutes from town. Great river to float. The Nature Conservancy's bought a bunch of property around it, so uh, you sort of feel like you're out in the wilderness. We have the White River, which uh, flows underneath Beaver Lake, um, which is a big Corps of Engineers lake, um, very close here. We have one of the largest city parks in the country, Lake Leatherwood, um, which is just actually inside the city limits, but um, very close to town. You feel like you're outside of town. Great biking around it, and it's just a gorgeous place. Um, there's uh, lots of other little um, uh, little parks and whatnot around town. There's also great mountain biking. So the Walton family is very close. If you're familiar with Northwest Arkansas, you know, Walmart's headquarters is here and the Walton family is big into mountain biking. They gave the city some money. Uh, and they built a downhill mountain biking park, which is, uh, something they do out in the Colorado Rockies at ski resorts. Um, so you have ski runs just like you, or you have bike runs, just like you'd have ski runs, you know, blue, black, and, and, um, uh, green. And out in Colorado, though, they have to shut those down in the winter and turn them into ski runs, ski resorts. Here we have it open year round. So we've got bicycling um, and it's just a you know naturally great place for mountain bikers uh, here in the Ozarks. Um, we've got tons of streams um, and we've got uh, lakes galore, small and big. Uh, so there's a lot of natural recreation here. And then you have the city itself. Uh, Eureka Springs is the only city in America where the entire downtown is on the National Register of Historic Places. So just a very unique town. If your listeners aren't familiar, I encourage them to Google it and look up the town. It's a it's a it's a really uh, unique town. Uh, I was fortunate enough to grow up here. And I'm still a fan of it. I love it. Yeah. Years ago, when I was uh, uh broadcast journalist, uh, I got to do a series on Eureka Springs and, uh, we, I had an entire six minutes to fill, um, when we did a, a, a series of live shots there and there are weddings there. There's, like you said, all sorts of, of history and just the recreational component is, is pretty incredible. And Tell me just a little bit about like there are there are at least two or three different kinds of water sports you can do. You can do white river rafting, or if you're tame, you can do some kayaking. And then I have some friends who actually go fishing from their kayaks. Did I miss anything with that? Yeah, there's great there's great fishing. We've got the Kings River here. You can do some great bass fishing out there. Same thing at uh, Beaver Lake, which is a really big lake. Uh, or you can go out on, uh, uh, you can do some fly fishing because the White River uh, right underneath the Beaver Dam has excellent um, uh, trout fishing out there. It's, it's stocked by the Corps of Engineers, and a lot of people come from all over to fish out there, too. So there's just a variety of different kind of recreation. Whatever kind of floating you want to do, you can. 
Um, the white, there, there's not too much white water around here. Um, so you can take your family out. It's mostly class one and class two rapids, if you're familiar with that. Um, so you can pretty much float any type of the river. Although this weekend, you probably get a little bit, <laughs> it gets a little crazy out there because yeah. there's a lot of water. But We've had a lot of rain, haven't we? Right. We have had a lot of rain in Arkansas the last few weeks. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely monsoon season here in the Ozarks. Well, you've given us a really nice overview of all of the things that there are to do, and we ha still haven't touched on everything. Um, and you're right. Uh, we'll provide some links in the show notes of, of all of the fun things that there are to do in Eureka Springs. There's great dining, um, some really fun shopping, and just some eclectic human beings to either watch or interact with. And so I just I love Eureka Springs. It's a, it's a very unique place, Tracy, with a lot of history. It's always kind of been an artistic community. So you get a lot of artists who came here. Uh, a lot of them came in the 70s um, and uh, they didn't leave. And so you have some great art galleries in downtown Eureka Springs. And then you have these big old hotels from when it was the third biggest city in Arkansas. They have ghost tours that go through a few of them and they have underground walking tours and uh, just a lot of neat, unique history throughout the yeah. town. So. Yeah, yeah. Just super fun. You you can't see it all in a week. That's that's for sure. So tell me about the history of Wanderoo. And and there's a whole lot to cover here. So specifically, um, the 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 Joy Campground, if I remember right, um, and and when it was the Joy Campground, and your relation to the people who founded this campground, what it was like. Absolutely. So uh, Eureka, as I mentioned earlier, has sort of always been a tourist town uh, ever since its inception. Um, it, it was it was a place that people came because they thought the springs were healing. There's 64 springs within the city limits. And you um, had a lot of old hotels and boarding houses and stuff downtown. But then when people started to drive cars in the 1920s, you started to see these roadside sort of motor lodges or, or just sort of basic campgrounds that started to pop up. And this was the second sort of campground in Eureka Springs. Uh, it is, it's right above downtown, just right up the hill uh, on U.S. Highway 62. And it was called Camp Joy. And, and this was, was what, in the about the 20s or so? It was, it was 1929. We're actually coming up on our 90th birthday in June, oh, wow. June 22nd. We're having a big 90th birthday party here for the lodge. And uh, so... So here, you know, my great grandparents uh, built some little cabins, and at that point, they just had shared bathrooms. They were very rustic. It really wasn't much more than a campground. Um, and then over the years, they built about ten different cabins. There's three of those original cabins remaining that we actually still rent out to guests. And um, then they built some motel units starting in the mid 1950s, kind of people started to drive a lot more and the attitudes started to move towards motels as opposed to cabins. Um, now I tend to think they're moving more back towards cabins. People want to stay in those unique old cabins, but they built these uh, three motel unit buildings here. They built a swimming pool um, in the 1930s. That was the biggest swimming pool in town still is first pool in town. And at one time it was a public pool. So uh, the public could come and use it and the guests would use it as well. And they would just kind of intermingle there. Um, and then in the, uh, so, and it stayed that the name changed a few times. It was uh, camp joy. And then when it became a motel, they called it joy court. And uh, uh, they called it joy motel after that. At one point it was called Mount joy lodge. So it's had a few different names that involved 
the word joy. And uh, we've changed the name since then, when after I bought the property. But it's been continuously operating here in this location for nearly 90 years now. Wow. And you're having a birthday party in June. Well, happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, not mine. The Lodges. Wish the wish the Wanderoo Lodge a happy birthday. It's uh, wow. a big occasion. So it, I think I think it's fascinating to to see how the joy property and the Wanderoo property has has kept up with the times. You know, just just in terms of of um the the things people do for fun, uh, how we, how it, it's a reflection of, of the evolution of transportation in our country, isn't it? It, it really is. Cause, uh, people started to come here and it became, you know, this, this motor lodge kind of motel industry that just popped up all over the country in the 1950s and sixties. And this one just sort of rode the wave. You look at, uh, you look at what holiday Inn did. They sort of, uh, jump started that industry in 1952. Kimmins Wilson opened the first holiday Inn in Memphis, Tennessee. And, um, within just a few years, he had 300,000 beds all over the country. This, this country just started driving cars all over the place. Uh, after when the baby boomers, uh, were children uh, in the post-war decade, uh, and this went from a campground to a very prosperous motel for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Mm. You, it, what one of the things that's fun about um, staying there and walking Mister Winchester around all over the place? He's my thirteen and a half year old Shih Tzu who has no idea he's thirteen. Um, I, I got a sense of some of the old branding, uh, for lack of a better word, you've got some of the, the, uh, maybe not original signs, but some of the old signs and, and Tim, you seem to have a great deal of respect, um, and interest for saying, okay, if I can, if I can keep this sign safe, no matter whole, how old it is, and if it looks decent, then that rustic feel that, that captures the history of, of the property. It just, it, it's got a cool vibe. Is that intentional? Absolutely. Yeah. We, we wanted to make it Instagrammable. We wanted to keep those old joy signs around. And there were a lot of, a lot of locals, especially, who didn't really like the idea that I changed the name when I bought it in 2017. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't want to erase the history. I just wanted to write a new chapter for this for this motel, for this old motel. And so we kept a lot of those old signs. We put them up. We put pictures of the old motel up and paintings of it up because we want to remind people this is a nice historic motel. And even though we're doing something kind of new, something that's going to appeal to millennials, um, we, we wanted people to have that throwback and, and know that there was a history here. The, the house that I'm sitting in right now, I'm doing this podcast. I'm upstairs above the bar and restaurant. This house was my great-grandparents' house. They lived here when they started the property in 1929. And they lived here until my great-grandmother died in 1982, actually. And mm. um, they built another office building where people would check in. But this house just sat empty for, for so many years. And I thought, boy, it would be really neat to just turn that into a restaurant and bar and kind of showcase the history of the motel there. So that's what we did. I had uh, some great contractors that came in, and, and this hotel... The, this house was kind of dilapidated at the time. We tore it down to the studs. Um, you know, we knocked out a bunch of walls to open up the restaurant portion of it, um, remodeled the entire thing, but put up those old Joy Motel signs so that, so that people see those when they walk in. 
and see the history of it, see the old pictures. We have uh, the original um, uh, ledger, I guess, from 1929, from the very first day. Oh, wow. This place took guests. It was $4 for a room back then, which actually, mm-hmm. if you go to the CPI inflation calculator the government has online, we charge about the same amount for rooms on weekdays uh, today mm-hmm. as they did in 1929. So I guess some things don't change very much. Hmm, That's really cool. So yeah. for the record, um, I had the Devil's Den um, sandwich Oh, piled so high with ham, oh, yeah. and I, I, if I remember right, it's goat cheese yeah, with a really yeah. awesome honey mustard sauce. Oh man, that was good. Oh, it's a good one. We got we've got good salads, good sandwiches here, and um, good flatbread pizza. So we got a really we're lucky. We have a really good chef named Jock Medair, and he just does an incredible job. He's just killing it on the food down there. Mm, mm. So good, yeah, and I don't get sick of it, and that's and I eat a lot of it. <laughs> and we got the bar down there we have uh, a lot of craft beer on tap and um, a lot of variety of other uh, beers and we actually just got yesterday our mixed drink permit in so, we, so okay. we're going to do that we're adding, uh, when you were here I don't think we'd started it yet but we are uh, adding a big deck on the side of the house so we're going to have a lot more outdoor seating here very soon so. yeah the framing was up uh, uh, last weekend so okay okay so we've kind of established that it you've got a really cool vibe. Um, a lot there's there's a lot of a lot of things for a lot of us to enjoy. Live music, um, but tell me how on earth you got to the point where you said you said this this property has is no longer in our family, and I want it back. Well. Uh, so we had it until 2004, and by that time, my 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 grand my great grandparents had passed away. My grandparents had passed away, and my dad and my aunt Julia, my father Clark, and, and my aunt Julia owned it, and they sold it in 2004. We're very happy to get rid of it, I should add, and it went through a series of not very good owners, uh, or I shouldn't say not good, but they they didn't have the money to invest in it. They didn't they didn't do very much with it, and. Um, and I, I saw it just get more and more dilapidated. It was just kind of, it was sad to see because it's a great location. It's a great corner in Eureka Springs. And um, I just saw some potential here. And I saw that this outdoor industry in Arkansas and really across the country is taking off um, at an incredible pace. People want to go back and have genuine, real experiences, get back in touch with um, with the real world, get away from just checking their, their Facebook all day long. And, um, and so I thought we need to do an outdoor adventure lodge in Eureka. I knew this mountain door, this mountain biking park was going was on the way. Um, more people were coming to float the river. And I thought Eureka needs a lodge that specifically caters to that. And I'd seen this done in several other locations. And I actually, <laughs> I went out, there's, there's a, a, a brand of hotels. They have three locations called base camp hotels. They've got two in Lake Tahoe and they've got one in Boulder, Colorado. And uh, when I was researching doing this, I actually drove out to Boulder because I, I just got in the car. And I just drove to Colorado one day and I said, I'm going to I'm going to look at this. I'm going to look at what they did. Because You can see the pictures online, but you can't totally, you know, kind of get get what the concept is. And I didn't want to steal their ideas by any means, but I wanted to just sort of do a little research to see what other people were doing. So I went in there and, uh, you know, I kind of spied on them a little bit, I guess. I talked to the VM and I, I, I told her that uh, I was interested in bringing a group in there 
and she just spilled the beans and told me everything they were doing. <laughs> and I know about hotels and I knew the housekeepers were in there cleaning rooms. They left a bunch of rooms unlocked. And I just kind of walked all over the hotel, looked in their rooms, walked in their bathrooms, took a bunch of pictures and uh, did some great research. And so I thought, man, you know, Arkansas needs something like this. We need something that uh, that is is cool, hip, modern, that millennials are going to love. It's got a kind of a, a, a funky, an outdoorsy but still kind of modern and crisp feel. It's sort of hard to describe. I mean, you experienced it last weekend. I thought, what they're doing, I want to do it, but I want to do it better. I want to have the coolest lodge anywhere around. So I took that concept and um, I was I was fortunate enough, I was in a position to, uh, to buy a motel. I've, I've had my own business now for uh, six years. And uh, six years ago, I actually got laid off from my job. I worked for IHG, Intercontinental Hotels, at that time, the largest hotel company in the world. I was a consultant for Holiday Inn Brands, and um, they always have reorganizations at these big companies. And we got a new uh, operations manager in, and they uh, brought in some consultants from outside of the, of the company, and they laid a third of us off in one day. Mm. I had good numbers, too. Um, you know, I had really good sales we, we don't do sales, but my hotels were, were doing very well in my region. I was based out of Little Rock. I traveled to Arkansas, Missouri, and Mississippi. And so I thought I was safe. And so it kind of came as a shock. And um, I didn't really like my boss. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people don't like their boss. I didn't really like my boss. And so I, I just sort of said to myself at that time that, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to try to get away from this situation where I'm at someone else's mercy. Mm. And uh, if I'd loved my boss, maybe it would have been different. But uh, I just thought he, was, he wasn't very good at being a boss. And I thought, you know, right now um, I, I was in a position at that point. I got a little bit of severance and I, and they said, uh, I said to myself, well, I'm, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try to do my own company. If it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. But at least I know that I tried. If it fails, then I can't ever look back and say that I didn't at least try. So I started it. I, I, I had a really good Rolodex full of people, for lack of a newer term, I guess. And so I called up some of the old hotel owners and told them how I could help them out and started a consulting company and uh, worked with a bunch of my old um, uh, properties that I've worked with when I was an internal consultant for IHG. And I ran a few hotels and uh, did, I do revenue management. I still do revenue management for 12 IHG properties, which are Holiday Inn, Holiday Inn Express, uh, Stabridge Suites, Candlewood Suites, all those. And uh, I've been doing that for a few years and investing a little bit, but I, I always kind of wanted to own my own property because it's different when you're running somebody else's property as opposed to uh, actually having the, the creative control to do what you want and getting away from a brand. I didn't want to just have a Holiday Inn Express or Hampton or a courtyard or something where the brand tells you the way that everything looks, right. the way everything feels. I wanted to do something that could be unique where, where we could um, create something that was less cookie cutter that people would actually really remember as unique and really want to come back and enjoy. And the outdoor thing was just, like I said, was just really taken off. And I actually looked at a different property before I bought this one in Eureka. And um, the deal fell through. I had a, a death in the family at the time and the contract lapsed and somebody else swooped in and bought it. They offered him 75,000 more than I was going to pay. Mm. For. So I thought, well, okay, well, I guess that, that thought might be over, over, you know, and then this one came up for sale. And I thought, well, it would be kind of neat to own my family's old motel and do it at that location. And I always thought this house that was my great grandparents' house, 
I thought it was a real shame that it just sat here empty. It was just an eyesore. And that we could, I always thought, man, that'd be a great place for a, a bar or a restaurant or to turn that into the check-in. And so I bought it and uh, I, I was lucky. I had some bankers who believed in me and uh, we started renovating rooms on the day that I bought it. <laughs> I'm like, wow. I went to high school here in this town. And so a, a friend of mine from high school is a contractor and I, I had him lined up. And the day that I signed the paperwork, they were up here tearing apart rooms. <laughs> and that was in August of 2017. You know, and, Tim, before, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm interrupt. Um, bef- before we even started uh, recording, I, I mentioned to you just how much the, the the renovation just seems like it was done with a great deal of care and love. Like whoever's hands were working on this project um, put a lot of love into it. They had a personal invested interest. And that explains that then. You hired a, a high school friend to help you. Yeah, yeah. A guy I've known a long time. And so I, and he's a really good woodworker. And I knew he was, I knew he was good. Uh, I didn't want to hire anybody else. Uh, just went with him right off the bat. And he did, they did a good job and I knew that I was going to get quality out of them. And I did. And, and so for anyone who's thinking about doing a, a renovation project, uh, make sure you talk to, to reference. If you don't know a contractor, make sure you find people who do or do your research on them. Um, look at those reviews online, ask them for references because it makes all the difference in the world to have somebody who cares and wants to do it right and make it look good. Maybe has a little creativity too. Helps that a lot. So tell me this. Um, I'm. We haven't talked about uh, about this, but it, I think it's fascinating that you grew up on uh, a hospitality property in a family of hospitality professionals. Did that contribute to the business that you went into? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny, Tracy. I I never thought I wanted to do hotels. <laughs> I wanna, they call it the accidental industry. <laughs> I don't think anybody, very few people intend to go into hotels. We just kind of get sucked into it like a black hole. Uh, but I think maybe subconsciously I wound up in hospitality because I live in your, I grew up in Eureka Springs and that's all we do. That's really the only industry in this town was, uh, is, welcoming guests. Yeah. And so I grew up either working in, in, in restaurants or in the stores and shops downtown. When I was a kid, I would ride the trolleys all over town. And I was that, I was this annoying 10 year old kid who would just sit next to the tourists and tell them everything they did or didn't want to know about the town. I loved it. <laughs> do, you, <laughs> do you think, do you think that that childhood experience, uh, helps you empathize with, um, all of, all of the, the employees and now your employees from, from your, uh, cleaning crew to your maintenance crew and front desk people, all of, do, do, do you get a feel for what, what they're going through day in and day out that we as guests or maybe most other consultants don't see? A- absolutely. Uh, and so I, I like to have all of my employees, uh, do a little bit of everything too. Cause uh, you know, if you're, if you're working in hotels and you're too good to go clean a room or unstop a toilet, you're, you're in the wrong industry. You know, I've done a little bit of everything myself, whether it's uh, maintenance, housekeeping, uh, checking people in. I actually worked the front desk for uh, years, um, worked maintenance for my dad when he owned the place. 
you know, you pitch in and do housekeeping when you need to, when it's busy. And yes, it absolutely helps when you're doing the service industry and you know what those people uh, go through. Uh, you have a lot more empathy for them. I think I would encourage every boss to do uh, the job of their employees for a little while. So they understand so w- a- another question that I really hadn't planned on asking, but I think it's relevant here. Um, y- you place, uh, or you have your, your household staff place uh, envelopes, and it's just pretty unassuming there's an opportunity then for um, guests to leave a tip. How important is that um, at, from a guest perspective? And, and, and is there a way... To, um, to, as a property owner, to, to give your housekeeping crews an opportunity to make a living wage? Because I know that's hard work, and I know the margins are tight. How does that work? Yeah, so uh, I, I believe in you. We, we put the tip um, envelopes in the rooms um, because, in, in, you know, like you said, it's not – we don't, we don't require people to leave tips or anything like that. And I want to be clear, we pay our housekeepers well. I believe that, you know, compensating your employees well keeps them happy. And it's a lot less expensive than having to hire somebody new. Yeah. So they don't have to have tips in order to, to make their money, but it does help a little bit. I think it, it makes them feel appreciated uh, and it gives them a little bit more motivation to do their job. I'm a big believer in uh, incentivizing employees. And so... Yeah, absolutely. And when I worked, when I worked in restaurants, uh, I was a busser for two years. I was a waiter for two years, and uh, I I loved getting tips. I was proud of uh, you know how much I could earn in tips because if you're doing a quality job, then then people reward you. And so I think the same thing, the same quality goes for for housekeepers, um, for for uh, serving staff, for bartenders, for whoever. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So what do you think is the most surprising lesson you have learned since owning and managing your own property and building that brand? Oh, that's a good question. Um, You know, I guess I've had had my own businesses. I've done consulting before. Uh, I've got some rental properties, but the amount of time and dedication it takes is a lot. There's a lot of paperwork that goes into it. And uh, I guess what's been a little bit surprising to me is just, uh, you know, how, how intensive that is, that it takes a lot of time away from being able to, to do stuff um, one-on-one. But I think other than that, I mean, I, I worked in hotels for a long time, but I kind of knew what to expect as far as uh, uh, running a hotel goes. It was just all, the, all of the ownership paperwork and uh, red tape that, that gets involved. Uh, that was a little bit more intensive than I thought it was going to be, I guess. But you just kind of you just kind of buckle down and get through it, you know. Well, what is next for you and Wanderoo? Uh, you've got a, a back deck under construction, a birthday party coming up. What 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 do, what do you expect to see this summer from Wanderoo? Well, I think things are going to keep getting better here uh, on the property. We have uh, I actually a good friend of mine. Uh, rents the old office, the old check-in building from me. And he, uh, he rents out canoes, kayaks, and stand-up paddleboards. 
um, and we do shuttles for him, we're going to keep doing that. We take people down to the White River and bring them back at the end of their float. So people can uh, go right here from town to the river and right back into town as opposed to just getting dropped off at the at the river and get stuck there and have to drive back or something. We're going to keep doing that. We just started doing delivery from the restaurants. So we take food all over town because we figured we were driving all the time anyways. And uh, uh, at the end of last year, we started doing what we call the Wanda Uber, where we have kind of, I'm going to get sued by Uber for that, I'm sure. But so, <laughs> we're, uh, we're the only one on the highway that you can pay uh, an extra fee and, and we'll take you anywhere in town all day long. So we're going to keep just providing great service. And uh, like I said, we're expanding the seating here at the restaurant. But I'd like to get some some bicycles in and start renting out uh, bikes that people could rent and uh, ride all over town. I think that would be great. Uh, we're just kind of always looking for some new stuff. And actually, we, we would like to expand the business to some other markets. Um, I say we. Uh, it's, it's only me that owns this right now, but I've got some other friends from my hotel days at IHG who, who might want to uh, expand this idea into other markets where we could do the outdoor thing. I think we've got something really special. So I would love to move this and go to um, to maybe some other outdoor places around here or, or in some other states. So stay tuned. And you've also got the, 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 the zip lining that's on property. So someone can uh, go in, sign up and go somewhere to go zip lining. Yeah, absolutely. They do zip line. It's actually, people think it's on our property because they're literally right next to us. Um, they are a stone's throw away from us. They're neighbor. They're very good neighbors of ours. They do a great job over there. And uh, yeah, they take you around. You zip line right over by Lake Leatherwood. And it's absolutely gorgeous. So right here from the property, you can go, you can walk right next door and do the zip line. Or you can rent a kayak and, and be brought right back into town. And you can walk to the downtown from here. So it's, uh, we've got lots of outdoor stuff that you can do from, from this location. So I have to tell you this. Um, we, we were down at the end um, in one of those, one of the rooms next mm -hmm. to the zip lining. And my mom, my mom will be 80 in July and she's fine with this. And, and, and she was like, I sure would like to go zip lining. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I would have last year. And I, you know, I, I think, I think if we'd stayed, more than a few days i think i think she's probably done it <laughs> well you know they take people out who are in their 80s they do so she can do it absolutely they take, they take anyone out so next time you come back she's got to go do the, the okay and, and you know if she's okay with floating the river maybe when it's not too high you could take her out on the river too no neither one of us likes to get wet that okay, would be problematic well just don't okay. over and you won't get wet though tracy Oh, that may be. So it, what I find fascinating about this is, you know, a lot of people like to go on a week-long vacation and have every moment scheduled. But there are a lot of people like me who want to be somewhere different and want to just kind of see how, see how you want to wake up every day and say, I think I'm going to do this. And the, the, the vibe that I get from Wanderoo is that you could you could book one of the lodges and get up every day and then decide, do I want to just kind of hang out at the pool, um, take a long nap, or do I want to rent a bicycle or, and I know that's coming, that's not here yet, but maybe even 
walk the the, the shops at, uh, along Main Street, and it is hard to find a parking place. So you definitely need something like a Wanderuber or the the, the trolley. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah. the, you could do something different for five, six, even seven days, including just taking a long drive. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff to do uh, just in this area. Uh, down to, just to you know, paint a picture of pe- you know for people who haven't been to Eureka, it, you go downtown. It really is like it was a hundred years ago. But there's art galleries everywhere. We have some of the best restaurants uh, that I've ever eaten at in my life here in town. And it's in the Ozarks, and it's one of the most beautiful parts of the Ozarks. There's little streams everywhere. There's 64 springs within the city limits, and the city has made a lot of those little springs um, little parks. And back in the day, um, when people thought they were healing, they would just walk around from spring to spring and drink the water. You can't do that today. No, I you don't want to do that today because we, we, you know, we're <laughs> it might, there. There might be a little pollution in there or something. But um, but they've got these beautiful parks where they've got these springs, so you can just walk from spring to spring. Yeah, in a very walkable city, so you can um, walk through the neighborhoods. The Historic District Commission here in town makes sure that every single one of the houses um, remains historically, keeps the integrity of the right. historic look. So just walking around in itself is an experience, whether you're walking or you're And the, the, the different colors of the houses uh, mean that at one time there was a, a, a specific profession there, like yellow is a parsonage. Um, I forgot what the others are. Is that, am I, I that you, you just told me something I didn't even know. Yeah. Well, now I'm going to go have to go tell all the guests that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I remember that because I stayed in a, in, in a, uh, a place one weekend that was yellow. And then shortly thereafter, I bought a historic home in Fort Smith, Arkansas that was yellow. And I joked around that I must be a parson now. <laughs> That's great. So I'm pretty sure that's right. And, you know, other stuff you can do in town. Uh, I mentioned Lake Leatherwood earlier, one of the largest city parks. It's a beautiful lake. They have a trail that goes all the way around it. And you can walk over the old stone dam. That's the largest Hmm. hand stone dam in the world. Wow. Uh, It was built by the WPA in the 1940s. And um, there's an even bigger, or not, I'm sorry, not even bigger, or even older uh, lake that's actually smaller called Black Bass Lake. You can even walk to from the lodge here. And it's an old stone dam as well, and it has another. It's a city park that has a trail that walks around, it and they have interpretive nature signs. Um, so you can do that. They and now they have uh, more um, activities that appeal to millennials. Like we've got, a, you know, we've got escape rooms, we've got ghost tours all over. Oh wow, cool! Uh, and uh, so there, you don't really run out of things to do in Eureka. And there's, if you like nightlife, they have great bands. At usually about uh, six different places in town um, every weekend night, and sometimes on the weekdays. So it's it's just a it's a neat dynamic town to get away to. And every weekend there's a different festival. So um, we're coming up on May Festival of the Arts now. Um, it's in full spring swing. So every Friday night they have gallery walks through downtown. If you want to get your free box wine in, that's a good way to do it. <laughs> look at the artwork. <laughs> And, um, they've, you know, in the fall, they'll have like, they'll have different cars here every weekend. They might, yeah, there's a, there's a Volkswagen festival, isn't there? There's a Volkswagen festival. I think August, uh, uh, 18th is uh, right around that date is uh, when that is this year. And they have a a Corvette festival. They have, uh, uh, oh gosh, a Porsche festival. Uh, they have, it's, there's just always something different going on. 
And it's not just cars. They'll have, um, they might have a jazz weekend or a blues weekend. So Eureka, it's, it's a neat place to visit. Whether you like outdoor activities or you just kind of like nightlife and, and hanging out and, and seeing the sights. And you're doing a tremendous job of keeping it all uber local, but there's also, you're, you're not far away from Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art. You know, that's less than a day trip. That's a couple of hours probably. And then to the east is uh, Mountain View where there's a ton of, of folk music and Blanchard Cavern. So, and it's, they're beautiful drives and, it, it's what a perfect place to go say, I'm going to check in for a week and make up the rest of the itinerary when I get there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can just wing it. I mean, I think that's one of the best ways to do it. We're about an hour and 20 minutes from uh, Ponca Valley where the Buffalo National River. Started. Yeah, that too. Yeah. yeah. It's a national park. It was the first national river in the country. It's just a, a gem. Um, great campgrounds, uh, great sites, great river floating. Uh, we're, we're, we're about almost an hour actually from Crystal Bridges, which is the newest, um, one of the neatest art museums in the country. And Alice Walton, uh, who's the, the daughter of Sam Walton, who started Walmart, uh, just gave him a billion dollars a few years ago and said, build a museum and buy whatever. It's spectacular. It's spectacular and it's free. It's completely free. It's in Bentonville, Arkansas. Um, where the Walmart headquarters is just an hour from here. Yeah. So really easy to get to. I, I recommend guests go over there all the time. Yeah. It's, it's phenomenal. And can I, can I say something else about the, uh, cause your, your podcast is called the reboots podcast. Right. Sure. Um, I, we, you know, people probably kind of wonder about the name change. I get that question a lot. So, uh, this used to be called the joy motel and I changed the name to Wanderoo. It's like the word wander with two O's at the end. And, uh, people go, well, why'd you change the name? Why'd you get rid of that historic name? Well, for one thing, uh, it didn't have the motel didn't have the best reputation. It was number I think 35 out of 35 on TripAdvisor. Mm. Like they still have the old reviews on there. They won't take them off. But um, I said, you know, we've, we've got to change the brand. We've got to change the name. Sure. And I looked at, uh, there's, you know, if you're doing a brand, there's a few different names you can, a few different ways you can go on the name. You can do like an English, an English name. We could have just done like the, the, you know, the Bear Creek Lodge or, you know, the Green Mountain Lodge or something like that. But I thought that sounded a little boring. Uh, we could have done, um, you can do, uh, you know, a, a, a foreign word, you can make up a word, uh, whatever. <laughs> but I did my research on it, and I learned that Sanskrit is just a very memorable word, uh, or language, rather, because it, it has, uh, you know, I guess it's the strong consonants in it or something. And uh, from what I read about branding, uh, the most if you look at the most successful brands over the last hundred years, uh, they, they have a lot of the same things in common. Uh, most of them are between five and 10 letters long. Um, they have strong uh, consonants and repeating vowels. And so uh, this one, there was actually a Sanskrit word and uh, I just liked it. It's actually a type of monkey, which doesn't really have any relevance at all, but I just liked the word mm -hmm. and, um, and, and it had the word wander in it and it sounded kind of whimsical, but um, I thought this property needed a fresh start. And so that's why, that's why I changed the name to Wanderoo. Well, I love it. Well, thank you. Thank I love it. Glad you All right. So how does someone get in touch with you, book a room, book a week, book a group? Um, tell somebody to do something, by yeah. golly. Yeah, well, if you want to come stay with us, you want to check out the lodge, um, we have some pictures at wanderoolodge.com. That's uh, like the word wander with two O's at the end, uh, .com. You can book your room on there. 
you can also look at our reviews on Google. You can see more pictures if you just Google Wanderoo Lodge. Um, you can also see pictures of the Gravel Bar, which is our bar and restaurant, which is really unique. We have a bar that actually has a little um, river that runs right through the middle of it. Uh, which uh, So you can get your craft beer and set it right there on top of the river and uh, sip on it while you watch the water flow underneath it. And uh, it's a it's a fake river, but it's it's really cool. Trust me, it is cool. <laughs> so if people want to book, they can go to the website. Uh, they can they can book on the online travel agencies. We prefer they book on the website because it's it's uh, it, it saves us on the commission. Um, they can call us directly at four seven nine three six three six seven five five. But yeah, we would love it if people checked us out. Now the weekends uh, we tend to stay re- pretty busy actually around here, and uh, our rates are higher on the weekends. So you, if, you, if you can come on the weekdays, you'll get a much better uh, uh, deal. We can try to keep our rates as affordable as possible on the weekdays. And we have a couple different classes of rooms. We have our fully upgraded Wanda rooms, which I think it sounds like you stayed in. Um, we also have our standard ones, which we upgraded, but we didn't upgrade everything. They've got the old wallpaper and stuff, but they're a little lower price point if you're on a budget. We're also on Airbnb, and sometimes we have a little bit lower rates on Airbnb. Um, uh, just because we have some rooms listed there that we don't uh, specifically list on the other sites. So you can go on Airbnb and find what we call the Wanderoo basement rooms, which are down by the pool. And they kind of, you know, look like a basement. They've got like the uh, concrete block walls, but they have all the same cool design. I wondered if there were rooms underneath us. Yeah, there are. And we just started to open up some more. We've got uh, three of them open right now, and we're going to open up six of them by the time June comes around. So we're going to. Wow. We're really trying to. Well, into. our bill, our overnight bill uh, was like $110, and that included a $20 non refundable deposit so that Mr. Winchester could stay with us. Bargain. Yeah. I'm glad Mr. Winchester did. I hope. I hope Mr. Winchester enjoyed his stay. As much he as really did. did. He sure did. I mean, I'm not joking. I mean, he's, you know, he's just a good dude. We we yeah. left him for about three hours for the wedding at the Crescent Hotel, and he did just fine. He had a blast. Well, we're very pet friendly. If you want to bring uh, Mr. Winchester and sit outside, uh, we have outside seating at the restaurant, and uh, you can sit there with uh, with your dog and enjoy this beautiful weather we've got. Them. And we totally did that. So yep. any any last words, Tim, before I let you get on to the rest of your day? It sounds like you've got a lot of guests to check in on this Friday. Well, um, I, I guess I would just say uh, I hope everybody goes out and enjoys and finds their own adventure and enjoys the outdoors and gets back in touch with, uh, with nature and, um, it, you know, embraces the spring because this is just the best time of year to get out and do it. And whether it's in Eureka Springs or someplace else, I hope they come to Eureka, but uh, I hope your listeners uh, embrace adventure. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Tracy. It's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Y'all, here, here, here's truth. I struggle with this, and <laughs> I'm guessing you do too. We talk a lot about navigating change and the hard work it takes to change our mindsets and and to adjust to the world around us by by changing our own expectations of ourselves um, and 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 self-improvement and drawing closer to God if spiritual pursuits are what you're looking for but I forget pretty often that Change navigation requires copious amounts of rest um, because hard work 
means that at some point we're going to wear out, right? So here, here's a challenge for you. Maybe hanging out in Eureka Springs at the Wanderoo Lodge isn't your thing. I hope it is because there's something for everybody to do. But if it's not in your budget or if it's too far to travel for you, um, as we approach the Memorial Day weekend, I just ask you to do two things. The first thing, um, figure out one thing that you're going to do to just be in the moment. Just whether it's 20 minutes or an hour, just be in the moment. Enjoy the flowers. It's a cliche because it's true, right? Rest. Find rest. The second thing I'd ask you to do is if you do that, um, tell me what you did. Let me, let me be your accountability partner. Tell me how you're going to find rest. And, and then if neither of those is you, hit me up for why it's hard for you to find rest. All right, that's it. Uh, happy Friday before Memorial Day. We hope this episode has helped you in some way. If so, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe someone you care about might benefit from the Reboots Podcast. It's easy to share from our website, rebootspodcast.com. The Reboots Podcast is a production of Winchell Storyworks Incorporated, a company dedicated to helping businesses and individuals know, share, and live their stories in order to impact the world around us in a positive way and to achieve financial freedom.